Welcome to the first official episode of Where Are the Webs, aka Webs Worldwide, aka Keeping Up with the Webs, and all that good stuff. I am Mrs. Webb. I am Mr. Webb, Marcus Webb. Coming to you live from our awesome recording studio, <laughs> aka yeah. our back room. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to convert this into a studio. It is yeah. our um, listening room slash book room. So we have albums and books and things stacked back here. Uh, the whining you may hear in the background is our dog, Lucky. He right. He's going to be in, out and around during the podcast. But we're going to try and keep everything on track. So first things first, um, just kind of reminding you about the gist of our show um, we are a 30-something couple. We're in our mid-30s, approaching our mid-30s right now. And um, we've been together 15 years, recently married, September 30th of last year. Um, and our title refers to where we are in life, not just where we are geographically with our little travels and things like that. But um, we hope to make you laugh and maybe learn something along the way. Um, also looking for feedback. Yeah. So, you know, call in, we're, you know, figuring out this anchor app. So you have the ability to call in if you have anchor. Uh, we are also all we're on, um, Apple podcast. So if you have an iPhone, you have the podcast app already there. You can just search. Where are the webs? We're also on Google play. So search just where are the webs and you will find us. Please you know, do all the, um, I'm going to do all the promotional stuff up front. <laughs> Please like, subscribe, share, do all that great stuff. You know, we're just trying to see how it goes. All right. So speaking of where the webs, our first little segment here is where have the webs been? Yeah. So I just came back. I was in uh, Alabama for two weeks for, yes, two What weeks. part of Alabama? Uh... Marion County, Alabama, for for the most part, uh, private part of Alabama, nobody ever heard of. But, this is true. Um, it's Marion County, which includes Hamilton and a few other small towns. But I was there for two weeks on work. I uh, got to spend a weekend in between in Birmingham. So, you know, we had to. We got. We'll talk about that a little bit. So, I knew. He was in the middle of scenic nowhere, Alabama, and I'm here in Georgia, um, far east Georgia, and I was like, oh man, he's going to go to Birmingham for the week in between, the weekend in between. Wouldn't it be cool? By suggestion of one of my friends, D. Dizzle, who may make an appearance in future episodes, maybe I'll talk her into it, but um, said, why don't you just pop up and go see him? So then it became this whole thing. I got an Airbnb and um, I was like, okay, I'm going to surprise them. I'm not going to let them know I'm coming, which I got a lot of weird feedback about. Uh, <laughs> I just woke I was planning on going to Birmingham anyway. And I just woke up Saturday morning and it was like, she told me, like, look at Snapchat and I see her driving. So I figured out quickly that she was coming to meet me in Birmingham. Uh, she had already booked the Airbnb, which I'm still, I'm still getting used to Airbnbs. It's still not my thing. I'm trying to, I know that may be the wave of the future, 
I'm trying to get used to staying. He at still other thinks he's gonna house. get murdered at somebody's Airbnb. Like we know. just gonna come up missing. It still don't seem right that somebody just let you stay in their house. Somebody, I gotta pay you to stay in your house. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm getting used to it. All right, so we're figuring out this anchor thing. If it if we pause, it's because anchor has we have to record five minutes. All right, so we're back. Um, as Mr. Webb was saying, uh, we can record in Anchor in five-minute increments. But when we upload this into the Google Play and Apple Apple Music, right? It's going Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Then yes. it will play continuously. Um, anyhow, so we decided, I decided to meet him in Birmingham. I had never been. Um, I've been through Alabama, but I've never like stopped and hung out in Alabama. Yeah. So off the recommendation of my friend D Dizzle, I was like, okay, looks like I can find some pretty cool spots, some good place for food and things to do and hang out. Um, we knew about the history of Birmingham. We knew yes. like all the things that have, you know, happened there. And it was, uh, it was going to be black history month. So why not kick off black history month in Birmingham? Well, you know, See the sites, um, they had the Civil Rights Institute, the world, well, the infamous 16th Street Baptist Church where the four little girls were killed, uh, all that's right there together, um, the A.G. Gaston Motel, if you don't know who A.G. Gaston is, go look at my, uh, Instagram, Marcus Webb 1984. Plug, plug. Yeah. <laughs> go, uh, go find out who A.G. Gaston is. But, uh, yeah, so we decided to meet up in Birmingham. First stop was the Civil Rights Institute. I'm just going to take an aside real quick and say that um, this all ties together, I promise. Instagram had, not Instagram, Snapchat had this filter that said being black in America is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's different, I guess. Um, and what I thought about after I crossed into Alabama, first thing that hit me was... Being black in America is knowing the rules of engagement or having to think about the rules of engagement when you go into another state. It, but you know what? Like going into Alabama, having never really spent a whole lot of time in Alabama, you assume a lot of things. Cause I you, did. You, I mean, you see and you've heard, you know, you. But, but it actually wasn't that bad. Okay, to be Some fair. Some of the nicest people <laughs> and you would like it. I I was there for two weeks and I didn't really have much incident except for that that one time like we were at uh, the biscuit place on Sunday. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Before we like, to be fair, after crossing into Alabama, I would say thirty minutes in, forty five minutes maybe. There is a huge sign about um, get your Dixie paraphernalia, and there's like all the old. But you see that here flags and. Uh, yeah. You see Confederate flags uh, every day in Georgia. So Alabama's I don't know, flag feels oppressive. I don't Just know even why. Looking at it. I don't know why. <laughs> that bit rate X. I also feel like Alabama might be worse, but then I had to tell myself, like, I live in Georgia. I've grown up in Georgia my entire life. So it's not that we do, much different. We do have rules of engagement here as well. So, um, look, Lucky. Our dog is like floating in and out. No worries. But before he got there, before Mr. Webb um, joined me, I was in downtown Birmingham, yeah, proper, she got there before I got there. by myself and had time to walk around. So I came across the Eddie Kendricks 
um, memorial, Eddie Kendricks mm-hmm. of the Temptations fame, um, and several homeless people. But they were like the nicest, most courteous homeless people. I don't know if that's even appropriate to say. They're just but, better than Atlanta homeless people. <laughs> who are very aggressive and rude. Yeah, they're they're like minding their own business and saying God bless you and wishing you a happy day. So, I I went to one of the local historic sandwich spots. Nelson Brothers. Yes, and had one of the best ham, egg, and cheese sandwiches I ever had in my life. And then proceeded over to the Civil Rights Institute. Which, if you've never been, it's great. Uh, especially like, if you're like us, you live in Georgia. Anywhere in Georgia, it's only like a couple hours uh, for the trip. So, it's a great um, little day trip or weekend trip uh, to see like all the, you know, they basically take you through the entire history of the city of Birmingham and the Civil Rights Movement up to today so it's a very nice well curated museum uh you see a lot of artifacts and things and only 15 was it 15 dollars? i think it was 15 dollars. yeah and a great gift shop too now one of the things that um i don't want to say colored marred <laughs> that marred our experience at the civil rights institute um is the people who are there also like the people you're around and you have no control over that whatsoever but there's this family there and they had a child who was not in the mood for any kind of black history any history at all really probably about 10 years old or so and just the worst person (laughs) i i was trying to like distance myself from them and tune it out but like when you come into the museum the first thing you do is they t- they sit you in a small little theater and you watch a movie to start your you know self-guided tour through the museum and we started with this family so we kind of kept ending up close to them but yeah i mean the little boy was just i mean he was acting like a little little, little bad little kid and he was just he just went there for the civil rights movement. So I was just, you know, at what point do you bring your kids to stuff like that? I mean, he won't really appreciate it at that age anyway. He don't really understand the history yet. The, the, no, no, being, no, no, no. And he was I, just I, being I, a bad little kid. And, he, he was so bratty. Granted, we do not have children, okay? I, we don't. Um, As a therapist... I work with a lot of kids and I'm just saying this has a lot to do not just kids being kids it's just the parents because he's like pushing them and harassing them and he's just like dragging his arms along the wall like laying all over stuff he crossed my path twice and I swore I like let this kid come over here again somebody it's and it doesn't help that it's a white family and a white kid and like I'm looking at civil rights stuff you get all angsty. I got all black angsty. Like, I'm like, rage. Like, I don't know. I didn't let that spoil my time at the Civil Rights right. Institute. It was great. Eventually, they went went on, and I got to enjoy the museum. It was very good. And and after we left, we went through the little park area outside. Yeah, Kelly Ingram Park, where you you've seen the footage of people getting sprayed with hoses and dogs sicked on them it all happened right there in kelly ingram park there's actually like a little art 
statue exhibit where they're like metal dogs jumping out at you and you get to walk through it. So yeah, it all went down at uh, Kelly Ingram Park. So not to think that our trip was just all um, feeling ourselves with, with black angst and anger and rage. Uh, we did get to go have some fun. Yep. Um, we checked into our little Airbnb and things you should know if you're going to Alabama and you have never been, it is very hilly. It is very up and down. At least Birmingham is. Yeah, very much so. Um, there's there's no really good infrastructure areas. <laughs> I'm just, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You need to know. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah, you, you put it in uh, your GPS. It says it's two miles, but it didn't tell you you're going to have to cross over a mountain <laughs> for, for those two miles. But, it's, yeah. So we decided, I decided, hey man, let's just hop in an uber and a lift and like <clears throat> let's not do this to ourselves in the dark yeah um especially so we can take part in libations and things like that libations <laughs> i'm getting yes. fancy on the I, podcast <laughs> yes but yeah i do recommend uber and lyft if you're not familiar because those those roads are a little different you better have your brakes uh up to par when you come to Birmingham. Yeah, it will throw your car out of alignment. <laughs> you, you will throw your car out straight out of alignment. Uh, but yeah, man, we checked into the Airbnb. Nice little host family. They were cool. A little, uh, you know, mixed couple. This white dude, Asian wife. So they were cool, and they didn't really bother us. Then we went to um, this place called Delta Blues Tamales, which was really good. They, um. Like hot tamales are a thing, I guess, in like Alabama, Mississippi, and Cajun style food. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you can get your hot tamales however you want. I had some. some they other also had some of the best wings I've ever had. Yeah. All right, so we ate um, some pretty good food. That is where I became aware, somewhat, of Alabama's liquor laws and restrictions. Yeah, I had warned her about this because i had been in alabama for a whole week before this i don't know if, and i'm still not completely up on alabama liquor laws but a lot of the places you go it's posted like there's a limit of how much alcohol they can put in the drinks um i think some places is one ounce some places are like 1.25 ounces Bruh. and that's the that's the most they'll put in there now you can get beer you can get wine I didn't really realize about the liquor laws in Alabama are a little different. It's also a lot of other things in Alabama that's a little different. Yeah. Like they, they still don't have the lottery. It's But but it's the liquor thing though. But the liquor thing though. Like <laughs> I'm Ubering, I'm lifting, I'm not driving. Let me have my drinks. I don't want to order a vodka tonic and drink straight tonic water with a dash of vodka. Like that is that is not what I want for myself in my life. Right I got now. a vodka Red Bull and didn't get a lot of <laughs> vodka or Red Bull. <laughs> so we we left this part, um, this part of the city, and this is also when we discovered Birmingham has a lot of parts. It's made up of a lot of different neighborhoods. Like so, we were in um, Five Points. You got I think it's called Southside. Is it every the little UAB area? area. Yeah, it, and they all have different names. I can't remember what all yeah, different names is, so, but you just got to go around to all the little different neighborhoods, and they all have their own 
different little personalities. Like some, you want big. Birmingham has whatever you're looking for. It'll That's our fit, little slogan for it. <laughs> it'll if some, certain parts feel like small town. Certain parts feel like college town. Some parts feel like big city. Uh, and then you got your you got your hood too. So and, <laughs> whatever you looking for, and going for, from you one part it. to the next is just too far to walk. Like is. It's just a little bit further than you really want to walk to go from part to part, typically. Uh, so we we went to the Five Points area. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Like, it yeah. opens up in the middle. You have all the streets in different directions, hence Five Points. Um, you should go check out our Instagram videos. That's at Marcus Webb 1984. Yeah. And at Psyching Out Loud, P-S-Y-C-H-I-N-G, on Instagram. And look at our little google photos videos from the trip but we found this place um was a black market cafe bar and, yeah black market bar cafe bar and grill yeah so it, it it from the outside you wouldn't think so but then we went inside uh the drinks were the good. same as everybody else <laughs> good for alabama but that the music like it didn't look like the type of place they would be playing like old school R and B, but they're playing like old school R and B. Some hip hop. Yeah, a little hip hop. Like the music was really good. Um, just didn't seem like the type of place that would be playing that music, but it was a real chill spot. <laughs> it was, uh, it, was, it cool. was fun. It was a chill time, and then we left from there. Caught the craziest Uber ride. Man, <laughs> we. I don't know what our our Uber or Lyft. I think it was Lyft. Our Lyft driver was on or had been on, but he was openly talking about um, weed and all this stuff. Like he was tripping and he was flying through these streets. But we went to Paramount, which is a gaming bar. Yeah, it's a restaurant and a gaming arcade bar. bar. So they got pinball machines, all your classic arcade games, NBA jams, uh, Mortal Kombat, ski uh, ball, hoop shoot. It's all that. Um, you know, you could do that while you drink. I don't know. Mrs. Webb has a thing for, uh, bars <laughs> with arcade games. Every city we go to, she looks up gaming bars. Bruh, it's, it's a good time. Plus, I love challenging Mr. Webb to some hoop shoot and some ski ball. Cause I like to flex my skills, even though they're not that sharp. I'm gonna try it anyway. She beat me in uh, ski ball, but I hey. yeah, I won hoop shoot. I win hoop shoot every time. <laughs> so after this, we just roamed around, walked the streets um, aimlessly, found a couple little places to take some nice little photos and places we may visit on a future trip. Um, but then we decided, alright, let's call it a night. And we caught our Lyft driver and I told him, like, I'm kind of hungry because it was later on at night. And he was like, yo, there's this taco truck. Stop right there. I love tacos. I, <laughs> my love does... for tacos. I will eat tacos at least one to two times every week. That's how real <laughs> my love for tacos is. I feel oh, like this is a meeting God. and an intervention. I, I love authentic style tacos so much in my life that matter of fact, we went and got Mexican food today. And yeah. the lady was like, do you want tacos? Cause you always get tacos when you come <laughs> here. Like, that's how real it is. Every There's city a, we've lived we in. We used to live in Macon. They still remember her. And they we, do. We go back to Macon. They be like, oh, so you want the tacos? <laughs> I am known at all the taco spots. So anyway, he said taco trucks. I lit up. I was like, yes, we're doing this. And 
he takes us over there to the, and I promise you, what what was the name? You, Mr. Uh, Webb will look it up. Uh, but it was a taco truck and the handwritten sign, and it was spelled wrong. So I was like, I know already it's gonna be dope, <laughs> um, just based off that. And it's in a whole new part of Birmingham near uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, UAB. Yep. And there's like, like the outdoors club mm. kind of scene. I was like, oh, y'all, this is a cool spot. It was near the hot chicken place. Yeah, like just, B's yeah, just really cool. So we go over there, and I kid you not, we took we took the tacos back to our spot. Our our Lyft driver was super sweet about the entire thing. Like he he was really great about it. Um, and we got it back to the room, and those were the best tacos I've ever had in my life. I will tell you that. I will go on record. Best tacos I ever had, hands down. Anyway, so next morning we check out and we go to, well, we try to go to a couple brunch spots and it's not happening for us. We go further up in the hills of Birmingham to another kind of hipstery area. But I like hipstery areas because you uh, get good food in the new hipstery. Homewood. That's the area. Homewood area. Yeah, that's... Where so we at. ended up having breakfast at uh the place we ended up at was called Holler and Dash, which yes. I think is a chain. They have a couple different it's a locations. Small chain. small chain. I think they just they're just in Alabama and Georgia. But uh we ended up there and that was the first time I we experienced something like that might be racism. Hidden racism. I don't <laughs> I can't even prove it was racism. <laughs> this late, I mean, it, there's a it's line. An elderly lady. And there's uh, people in front of us. We standing in line just waiting. And all of a sudden, there's this old lady standing over to the side. Like, she had been there for a while. And I'm assuming she, like, they waiting on her. They taking care of her or something. I didn't know she was waiting to be, to actually place her order. Then, like, we get ready to step up to the register. And all of a sudden, she just steps right in front of us. And then even the dude behind the counter is like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, whatever, man. Let her go. I don't to, even care. To his credit, he looked appalled. And then he apologized to us. He was like, I don't even know what that was. Um, so they're really nice people. <laughs> the yeah. people who work there are really they, nice. They and were the apologizing food, for the rest of the The food there. was so good. They I highly, good highly recommend and I got one of their, they sell some cold brew. It's not theirs. It comes from Seattle, but it was, that coffee was like night, like just fired up. Helped me to get back home. My four hour plus time change. So like five hour drive back home. Yeah. So she, I still had another week left in Alabama. So she drove back, uh, here Last and, Sunday, Super yeah, Bowl Sunday. Yeah, so I had to go back and watch the Super Bowl at, alone in a hotel room <laughs> <laughs> so in the middle sad. of nowhere, Alabama. <laughs> I did grab me some Hattie B's hot chicken on the way back to the hotel room. That was that was great. And they had this uh, pimento cheese macaroni, macaroni mm. and cheese. That was mm. uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, so. That was our that was our adventure in Birmingham. You, so. We are super foodie people, so just so you know, we 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 will talk, will about, talk food about food a lot. All right, coming up. Okay, so um, quick note from me: Yay to the Eagles beating the Patriots because anybody but the Patriots. I will go on the record and say um, because Tom Brady and Bob Kraft are supporters of number forty-five. Uh, we do not support that. And plus, this 
This is a this is a Falcons household. Yes. You, if you listen to this, you will learn we are a Falcons Rise household. Up. Rise up. So you know. As we, for me in my house, we still <laughs> <laughs> we still mad about last year. So I and I the the Eagles beat the Falcons. So I wish they both could have lost. So I didn't care about. I was both. happy. I, I was so happy watching Tom Brady's face just melt. That was the watching word. him lose. I didn't care also. About and that halftime show really didn't was lame. The hype, Let know, me tell so. you, that half show halftime show was lame. I enjoy. I have enjoyed my share of Justin Timberlake songs. Um, I have nothing against them, but that was just a lazy. I felt t- phoned in halftime show, and I'm not gonna be out here standing for Janet Jackson like that because people got all crazy like Janet Jackson Appreciation Day because they felt you know she was slighted. She was banned from the Super Bowl, but he gets to come back. I thought, though, because he did the song in which he exposed her breast, but he skipped over that whole line and like went to another song. I was like, you could have had Janet come back real quick. You could have thrown that in there. And people act like she didn't just go on tour this year. Anyway, that is my my only aside that I will say for that. I don't care about none of that. Um, (laughs) The Super Bowl was, I mean, I really didn't care who won. And the and the commercials weren't even that great. So, eh, I didn't care about the Super Bowl. So, moving on to our next topic. Uh, Quincy Jones. Oh, uh, yeah. I love it. I'm gl- <laughs> I, I love it. I love it all. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I kind of know that you you know a lot of weird stuff happened back in the day. Oh, yeah. But, like, it, it was all hidden. Like, mm-hmm. I'm glad Quincy Jones telling the truth. He is coming out here. Okay. I, I talked with some people about this at... Korean barbecue karaoke on Friday night. Anyway, but they're like, he could just be seen out and saying all kind of random stuff and it's not even true. And I'm like, that's true. But I want to believe, I want to believe this is real. Some of it is true. Richard Pryor, one of my favorite people. I Like I have several books on Richard Pryor. I watch a lot of Richard Pryor, but I know Richard Pryor was doing a whole lot of weird (laughs) You know, stuff. So, Richard Pryor, Marlon Brando does not surprise me. James Baldwin, you know, we know James Baldwin was a homosexual, so the the, the likelihood that he may have messed around with Marlon Brando, that's not surprising. We see who Marlon Brando's daughter but is. But Marvin Gaye, though? I wasn't ready for that. Oh, man. This... You, uh, Marvin Gaye's dad was a cross-dresser, so... Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. You gotta look it up. Marvin what? Gaye... What? When he his dad shot him, I know his dad shot him. What they gotta do with him? He had a history of cross dressing. What? His Marvin Gaye dad was a my mind just exploded. I'm like, what? He he was like a cross dressing preacher. He had a lot of issues. This is crazy. Look it up. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) anyway, (laughs) but I digress. The fact that he threw the Beatles all the way under the bus, but capped it off with nice guys though. The fact that um. He date. He look, said he dated Ivanka, or he went on a date with Ivanka. And he dated Ivanka. Had the best uh, legs. In the, he yeah, ever seen. just. I was. I was happy kind. about that too. I was like, yes. He yes, ran all good. over um, DT number forty five, which is fine by me. Fine by us. Listen. Um, you might as well turn us off right now if that's not I'm like all, if you're not on this train, you can turn us off. And but then, especially like when he said. Uh, rock and roll is nothing but a white white version of <laughs> R&B. I was like, yes. It all came from, you know, not to be, but yeah, it came from us. That I So just, 
Chuck the Berry. Beatles, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, all those people stole from black musicians who will never get the proper credit. We so. could go down a whole rabbit hole on that because that also lends itself to like Bruno Mars and him taking for I'm look, I'm I see your face. You can't see his face, I see his face. But it, it lends itself to a bigger conversation about musical influences and where you take it from and how you give credit or don't. So anyway, that lends itself to a, a much bigger conversation. But I'm very happy uh Quincy Jones is out here as they say spilling the tea yeah yes yeah tell it but it's not all i think some of this stuff is there if you're willing to go look for it and i think he may have said some of this before like he wrote a book a couple years ago like he has a biography which i've never read it but i i hear it's also pretty crazy so i highly recommend if you have not read any of these interviews he's been interviewed by gq vulture like just just Google it. it. It's everywhere. Just it's look amazing. Yeah. It is. Him and I want to get two girlfriends at eighty five. I want to get old and just start saying whatever oh I feel That's like. My golden life. Like, like, just get free. I want to be real free. You just don't care anymore. You dress <laughs> however you want to. Wait till I'm wearing sweatpants and dress shoes. We will not. We will not. I don't care. Be together, Mr. Webb. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay. Quincy Jones. Uh, moving on to some other topics. Um... Black Panther's coming out. I know, uh, I see a lot of black people getting real excited about that. So, I, the blacks. <laughs> it's good for the blacks. <laughs> Shout out to the Nod podcast. Right. Good for the blacks. Right. Um, what I want to say, and I put this on my Twitter and also on my Instagram. Again, check us out on the Instagram. Um, what I said about it was the reason we're so excited is because we've been desperately underrepresented so long in... Um, movies and TV shows and all that stuff. So it's, we're being real extra. I'm just going to say black people are real extra about this yes. thing. And I'm going to see it, but I do feel that pressure just because, you know, it is a black movie. Like I, I gotta go see it and I gotta like it. Listen, black people, if you see me in the movie theater and I fall asleep, <laughs> it's not, I fall asleep on all the movies. So I might fall asleep on black Panther. I don't know. Yeah. I try. I fight it. This is why uh, we stopped listen, going man. to movie theaters. We, people you start, fall asleep. You put them in a recliner in the dark. You, you he's going to sleep. The, you take me to the movie theaters with the nice, comfortable <laughs> recliner seats. I'm going to sleep. So don't be mad. He's at in me. his sleep pose right now. Like he just folded his arms across his chest. <laughs> don't be mad at me when you see me sleep in Black Panther, okay? All right. <laughs> Don't try to revoke but, my black card. But <laughs> I, I think we should give it a fair review. I think with any um, black or Latino or Asian, like any minority group, we're all excited to see ourselves finally represented. Women, um, women directors, women-driven shows and cast, we're all excited to see representation, but we do have to be honest and give like a fair shake, a fair criticism. Yeah, don't like it just because it's black. Right, like off the strength of that alone. You know, go into it and and be fair. So, two, one quick thing I want to mention is while Mr. Webb was gone, we were supposed to go together to see um, a Q&A with the author Rebecca Sloot, who wrote The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. Again, check out the Instagram if you have not. Um, 
But the story of Henrietta Lacks is a black woman who died. Mr. Webb, you can correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> who well, died of cervical cancer. Well, she had cervical cancer. And she went to uh, John Hopkins University in Baltimore to be treated. And uh, they took some cells from her cancer. And basically, like, those cells were used in different research and experiments for years. And, like, it was just something about her cells that just continued these cells just continued to replicate over and over and over again. Um, and they actually became known as HeLa cells, like H-E-L-A for, for her um, first and last name. But doctors, researchers, it actually led to the development of the, the polio vaccine. Um, but, HPV vaccine. Yeah, a lot of different things. Look it up. I mean, it's a pretty popular story now. Oprah turned it into a movie. But her family didn't know for years that this was happening. Right. Uh, and then, you know, Rebecca Sloot kind of befriended some of the family members and uh, wrote a book and got the story told. Yeah, and it was hard for her to get in because so many people had taken advantage of them um, and tried to exploit them. So it was very hard for her to get this story in and to bring it all to life. And they still haven't received what you would say compensation for any of this. But it's... It's an interesting story, and it was really interesting to see. They sat down with Rebecca Sloot, the author, and they sat down with Henrietta Lacks' great-granddaughter and her sister-in-law um, and talked with them about this whole thing. So it was, it was a really cool opportunity. It was free. It was at the Miller Theater in Augusta. It was beautiful. Um, anyway. Was it Miller or Imperial? No, sorry. Imperial Theater. Okay. Yeah. The Miller Theater... What's for you? Hold on. Before we move on to that, well, it kind of connects to the <laughs> other thing. Like, yo, people are, we are outside, we're kind of like, we stay outside of Augusta. So, a lot of people always say there's nothing to do in Augusta. But, it's just, you have to look for it. And there are things that's happening, and people just aren't aware of it. Like, just like last night, that brings us to the next thing we want to talk about. We went to see Dale Hughley. Boop, boop. King of comedy, right? Yep. Probably not your favorite King Comedy. I don't know. But. R.I.P. Bernie Mac. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know. You might like Steve. You might like Cedric. Whatever. But still, D.L. Hughley, pretty well-known comedian. And it was at the newly renovated Miller Theater, downtown Broad Street, Augusta, Georgia. And it was, there were empty seats. I don't know. I wasn't, I had just got back that same day from Alabama. So I don't know how the promotion went. But. It's like people always say there's nothing to do, but then when there are things to do, um, we don't come out. So right. I, at least in the Augusta area. And then it was a comedy show, and you know they're like, they're trying to pump you up. You know they got the DJ who's deal daughter, you know playing uh, before the comedy part starts. So they're trying to get people pumped up, get you get you moving. And then it was like so many people in there just like arm folded, like whatever. Just impress me. Matter of fact, I, I went to the restroom and there was a man in there. You know, excuse my language. This is my first, probably not the last time I'm cuss on this show. But anyway, it was a mother, it was a dude in there, and he was like, "Well, well, I don't care, motherfucker. Better make me laugh." And I was like, "Why? Why do we come in with that attitude? Like, yes. I paid my money, motherfucker. Better make me laugh. I ain't, I ain't doing nothing. I ain't standing." I don't care how much you play Frank Beverly Maze. I ain't finna get out here and move. Like, come on. I'm I'm such an audience participator. And 
Mr. Webb and I both used to do theater and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so we know how important it is to have audience participation to have somebody who you can connect with in the audience that gives you good energy and good vibes to help keep the confidence up and help you do whatever you got to do. But anyway, um, so Dio Hughley and who was the comedian before him? Bodacious. Bodacious. They were both really funny. Really good. Really, really, good. really yeah. funny. Highly recommend if they come to your area to go see the show. Yeah, he's out on tour. D.L. Hughley family and friends tour. Like I said, his daughter, he has his daughter uh, DJing. Yeah. He's there, and I think it's some other family members playing a part somewhere in the show. But uh, it was actually a great time. Uh, and that was my first time inside the newly renovated Miller Theater, so Very that nice. was good. Um, that brings us to... Um, all right, so yeah, um, if you don't know, Mrs. Webb is a licensed professional, mental health professional, and she wants to speak on uh, her mental health moment. So my little mental health moment, and I got about a minute or so in the segment to do it. Um, every therapist should have their own therapist or has had their own therapist. Um, if you're going to be any, any good to anyone else, you got to do your own work. And mine talked about stepping back because the things that I enjoy and the things that I love had become even an obligation to me. So I love to work out, but even that had become a matter of forcing myself to go to the gym, forcing myself to eat right, just pushing and pushing and pushing. And this whole week I stopped. I didn't focus so much on going to the gym. I let that go for a week which was huge for me and then I just paid attention to what I ate but I wasn't stressing about it and I didn't gain any weight I didn't necessarily lose any weight but I feel so much better and so so much more rejuvenated to start my week and go back to the gym again so my mental health moment is all about stepping back some and getting a bigger picture perspective all right Okay, so we're back. Uh, and um, quick, we also may do like random reviews on the podcast. So our first random review we're going to do, uh, I haven't listened to this yet, but um, Mrs. Webb is going to do a random review of the Black Panther soundtrack since yes. she actually listened to it. So I did. I'll let you have that. I was looking for something to listen to on my way to a uh, networking meeting. Uh, uh. Anyway, professional development, shout out. <laughs> um, and I want to say, you know, I don't know. I, I put it on shuffle and maybe I should have just let it play straight through and that would have gave me some more cohesiveness. But, so language. So we're we're listening to the soundtrack and then it's like, nigga this, nigga that, nigga this. And I was like, bruh, like I, I listened to all the lyrics in my spare time and whatever but I was just like for this I expected and maybe I'm just stereotyping here because everybody has this black pride around it that we were going to go away from the typical you know using nigga as an emphasis for something so that threw me off a little bit although they did have this song with Anderson Pock, which was really good. Of course, I'm biased because I love Anderson Pock in my heart. Thank you, Mr. Webb, for putting me on. He is yeah. rolling his eyes right now. That's fine. <laughs> but 
overall, um, pretty decent. I don't have a context or a framework for it yet because I haven't seen the movie. Um, and I know music is in and inspired by, so I have to see how it plays out. So if we're going like five stars, eh, three and a half, it's cool. Give it a listen. Yeah. Not every track is a winner. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, so I will check it out at some point. All right, so um, finishing up, we also want to do a thing um, like where we pay tribute to people who are still around. You know how uh, it's a saying, the saying goes, give people their roses while they can still smell them. So we want to celebrate some things that maybe don't get the attention that they deserve. Um and it could be anything. It could be people, places, things, things. whatever. So, um, you want to go first with yours? So, we, <laughs> we both pick one topic, one thing, and we're going to uh, give it the proper roses. Um, I am going to go ahead and go and say that in the Quincy Jones interviews, he makes reference to some underrated people. And one of those people is Tevin Campbell. If my friends are listening, you already know we've had this discussion. Tevin Campbell deserves his roses. He was a young man. He came out as a performer, probably like 89 or so. Um, as Mr. Webb said, he was supposed to be the next great big thing. He, he didn't live up to the hype. <laughs> look, like, listen, look, man. If you, were, if, you were, if you were old enough to remember Tevin Campbell, Tevin Campbell was supposed to be like the new Michael Jackson. Dude. Tevin Campbell did not live Dude. up to the hype. He was good. He, had maybe he was struggling. Three songs. He came out as a very young dude. He was in his so teens. Did Michael Jackson. Anyway, he was in his teens. Okay, he was in his teens, and he he rose to stardom. He had "Can We Talk?" "Tell Me What You Want Me to Do." Yes, I'm reading <laughs> reading had, the list of songs. You had to look it up. To be fair, I've had some drinks. Always in my heart. Um, I'm ready. Like, you know these songs. Even later, come back to the world. Like, even later on. But he was struggling. Like, he came out later in life. He came out as being gay. He did. did. Yeah. It was a thing. But imagine being a teenager and growing up in the spotlight in a time where that really wasn't accepted or embraced. Okay? And struggling with that. And being feeling like you had to fit into this mold. I sympathize with him. He had really good songs, decent hits, and I don't think he got the credit or recognition, even amongst R&B circles, people who love classic old school R&B 90 stuff. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. So I'm giving my roses this week to one little Tevin Campbell. Okay. I'll You're let, welcome. I'll let Go you look him up. Listen. <laughs> two to three, be soothed two to three songs at the most <laughs> stop it <laughs>